Welcome to Gateway Podcasts. We hope you enjoy the following recording from Gateway Church Doncaster in the United Kingdom. For more podcasts and information about Gateway Church, please visit our website, gatewaychurchdoncaster.org.uk. Thank you for listening. Right. What I want to talk about talk this morning is about the subject of prayer. Um, not only about prayer, but about the power of prayer. And uh, questions I want to cover this morning are what is prayer and what, and what is it not? Can you hear me? Why bother praying? What happens when we pray and how should we pray? I also want to give some time at the end and I think it's quite... Um, you know, like what, what Morena was saying this morning as well. I want to give some time in to respond to what I'm talking about this morning. Um, it's so easy, so easy to hear things um, and agree with it and forget about it. When that, you know, forget to act on it. Um, so I just want to start by praying. Father God, we want to just invite you this morning, Lord. I want to pray that you would, Holy Spirit, you would come and fill this room. Help us to understand what I've got to say. Lord, I pray you'd open our ears and our hearts to what I've got to say, Lord God. And that, Lord, what we hear, Lord God, wouldn't just stick in our minds, Lord God. It would be embedded in our hearts, Lord, this morning. I pray. Amen. So what is prayer and what is it not? Prayer comes out of a lifestyle with God. It's something we learn and develop over time. Let's look at, if you look at um, Matthew 6, verses 5 to 6, um, it says, And when you pray, you must not, not be like the hypocrites, for they love to stand and pray in the synagogues and at the street corners. They must be seen by others. True, truly, I say to you, they have received their reward. But when you pray, go into your room and shut the door and pray to your Father who is in secret. And your Father who is in secret will reward you. Prayer is about talking directly to God. Jesus, uh, through Jesus, and, and with the help of the Holy Spirit. So if we carry on and look at to the t- following two verses, it says, And when you pray, do not heap up empty phrases as the Gentiles do, for they think they will be heard from their, from their many words. Don't be like them. Your Father knows what you need before you ask Him. So let's not heap up empty phrases. It's not a fancy thing. It's, not, it's, just, you know, it's, just, it's simply us talking to God. However, one thing to remember is, is that, God's, um, that, that, that it's God that you're talking to. So expect things to happen when you start praying. Don't forget that we're talking to God, to the God of the universe here. So in Matthew 6, verse 9, uh, we read about Jesus telling his disciples how, how to pray. He starts with, Our Father. Dad. Now when you chat to your dad, how do you talk? Do you say, Good morrow, my beloved daddy. How is your outstanding and divine day? Of course you don't. Well, at least I don't anyway. When I chat to my dad, I'll say, Hey dad, how's things? How's things going? Um, I probably have to try and work out the delay from the States and stuff as well. But, uh, you know, you, you just chat to him at it. You know, just quite an easy conversation. We often, we often come to God with our prayer requests. And when, uh, we can talk to him exactly the same way that we come to our earthly father and mother. We don't have to say fancy long words. Often a lie that Satan puts in our heads is that, when, is that we don't have enough time to pray. We have enough time to sleep, to eat and to breathe. 
as soon as, you, as we realise that, prayer is, an, that prayer is as important as sleeping, as important as, as eating and breathing, we'll be amazed how much more time will be available, available to us to pray. So prayer is talking to God. It's praising Him, thanking Him, asking, confessing, and it's basically communicating with God. So we know that prayer is, uh, so we know what prayer is, but why bother praying? You know, what's the point? If God knows everything, then why do we bother praying? Firstly, we pray because God tells us to. In James 5, verses 13 to 18, it says, Is anyone among you suffering? Let him pray. Is anyone cheerful? Let him sing praise. Is anyone among you sick? Let him call for the elders of the church. And let them pray over him, anointing him with oil in the name of the Lord. And the prayer of faith will save the one who is sick, and the Lord will raise him up. And if he has committed sins, he will be forgiven. Therefore, confess your sins to one another, and pray for one another, that you may be healed. The prayer of a righteous person has great power, and it is working. Elijah was a man with a nature that, like ours, and he prayed fervently that it, may not, that it might not rain. And for three years and six months it did not rain on earth. Then he prayed again and the heaven gave rain, heavens gave rain and the earth bore its fruit. Elijah was a man just like you and me. He was someone that had a, he had a need. And we are well, to ask in order that we might receive from God. So is anyone, anyone among us suffering? Well let's pray for them. We're commanded to pray. Secondly, we pray to get to know him and and get close to him. Psalm 45 verse 18 says, The Lord is near to all who call on him. To To all who call on him in truth. So we may pray to God to be close we pray to God to be close to him. As we draw near to him, he'll draw near to us. The truth is, the more you talk to someone, the more you get to know someone. The closer you both become. Oh, I've got some Dennis. Right? I don't like normal water. That's a bit of flavour. <clears throat> In the same way, the more we, be, we pray to God, the better our relationship comes, becomes. Thirdly, we pray to unlock promises that God's given us. Promises that we find in the Bible. Should be motivation. Motivators to, to um, should be motivators to ask. They help shape our prayers. Promises are waiting for prayer for fulfilment. Matthew seven, Matthew seven, verse seven to eleven says, "Ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you will find. Knock and the door will be opened. For everyone who asks receives." And the one who seeks finds, and the one who knocks, it will be opened. God promises that when we ask, we will receive. That's right. There are no maybes about with God. He is loyal to his word. God tells us to pray. He tells us to ask when we are in need. Praise him and bring thanks when he, pray, when he answers our prayer. We are to confess, to seek and knock. Proverbs 15 verse 29 says... The Lord is far from the wicked, but he hears the prayer of the righteous. God is always listening to us when we pray to him. They're not empty prayers. He's not just going to turn his back on us. So basically we pray to God to unlock prayer, unlock power, which leads me directly on to 
what happens when we pray. Prayer unlocks power. Can I have someone and a volunteer? About, can I, Tim, can I have you? You look like a strapping lad. Can you just stand there and uh, just, just raise your arms face to face in the crowd? Yeah. I want to talk to you about a verse. You have, right there. You good? Yeah. Good. How's the arms? Good. 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 In Exodus 17, verse 8 to 13, it's a story about um, Amalek. Amalek and um, his and Joshua's army. Both, they are both armies. They're, you know, they're they're fighting. And uh, Moses says to Joshua, he says, uh, "I want you to go and get, you know, the cream of the crop." As arms. Mm. Oh, I see what's going on. <laughs> I mean, to go and get the cream of the crop, get your best men, get your best, you know, your, the best of the best, you know, the, the ones that are strapping, the big lads, and, um, and he says, get them ready to go and fight Am- Amalek's army. So, uh, so he does that, he goes off and does that. The arm's okay? No, not really. <laughs> and, uh, and Moses is up on top of the hill, I'll try and speed up. Yeah. Moses is up on top of the hill, and he's looking down, you can see these two armies, and he finds, like Tim is doing, he raises his arms, in, and he's, he's raising his arms in prayer. He's, ra- he's, he's battling against Amalek, but he's, he's battling in prayer for them. He's got his arms up high, and he finds that as he's, yeah, keep him high. Because as, as he starts to get a bit weak and his arms start to lower, um, Amalek starts to over, you know, over, overrun Joshua's army. But then as soon as his arms go back up again, it goes the other way. So here are two of his friends... Two of Moses' friends, they came. So can I have Mark, can you come up? Uh, who else? Joel? There you go, Tim, you can sit down there. Lads, can you hold his arms up? Moses was there, so they, his two friends, they got a rock for him to sit on, but they held his hands, they supported his hands, so that all that time, Moses could be praying and battling in prayer for Joshua's army. So, and, and eventually what happened is Joshua's army then overrun Amalek's army. So, thank you for my budding assistance and my budding... <laughs> Moses discovered that day that God's prevailing power is released through prayer. It boils down to this. If you're willing to invite God to involve himself in your daily challenges, you will experience his prevailing power. In your home, in your, in your relationships... In the marketplace, in school, in church, wherever it's most needed. The the power may come in various forms. Wisdom, courage, confidence or perseverance. Wherever it comes, God's prevailing power is released in in the daily lives of people who pray. The other side of of the equation is sobering. It's hard for God to release his power if in your life you put your hands in your pocket. So, you know, oh... I can, I, I can do this, you know, I'm alright, I can just do what I want, you know, I'm okay, I'm happy, I can do it, you know. If we say that, you know, we're just cutting ourselves off from God's prevailing power. And the frequent result is, is there is a familiar thing of, of being overwhelmed, overrun, beaten down, pushed around, defeated. Surprising numbers of people are willing to live like that. But I don't want us to be like one of them. Nobody has to live like that. Prayer is the key to unlocking God's prevailing power in your life. For someone to pray, they must learn to desire prayer. How can you develop a great desire to pray? 
you must see the eternal benefits of prayer. God has created us in such a way that we, <clears throat> that we need to know what's the point to do, of doing something if we're going to be motivated to work for it. If we actually realised the benefits of prayer, we would have been praying a long time ago. If we're going to be motivated to pray, we need to, we need to desire it deep within our hearts. If, we to, if you were to ask an athlete what motivates him or her, it's getting through that, that, the, being that first person through that finishing line. That's the thing that's motivating. They're looking, and they can see that finishing line, but then, and they're going to do anything they can to get there. I don't know about you, but I have a real desire for the city of Doncaster to truly discover the spirit. You know, you've seen all those signs around. I, no, I've really got a desire for people to really properly know what they're talking about when they go up to those roundabouts and see that. What is the, you know, that they would seriously discover the spirit. Seeing thousands come to know Christ. Since I've been unemployed, I've been doing some um, voluntary work. I've been working for a place called the Hope Centre. I've been working for Teen Challenge. Um, at Christchurch and God has put a real hunger in my life in my heart to see the lives of the homeless people in the street and people that are on the streets completely turned around no longer having to take methadone to com- combat heroin addiction you know it may sound cheesy but there's only one pill and one cure and that's, compl- you know, and that's to, to cure any addiction and that's God so prayer unlocks power but what happens when, when power is unlocked what happens when power is unlocked? We start to see revival. Many of you have heard of um, Dr. Paul Yongi Cho. I apologise for the pronunciation. Um, Cho was a senior pastor and a founder of Yoidi, Yoido, of a full gospel church in Korea. This is the world's largest church with a membership of over 8,000, 800,000, not 8,000, 800,000. And they hold seven services a day which are so heavily attended that if you often arrive, and they have to, often have to arrive an hour early just to get a seat. Cho, Cho was a real prayer warrior, and he still is. And as a result, he's seen massive, um, sustained revival in Korea. He says, we have learned not only to pray, but, we have, but we, have, we have learned how to live our lives in prayer. Jesus commanded us to pray without ceasing. To those not interested in revival, this is impossible. If your heart hungers for souls to be saved and your nation nation to be turned to God, however, then the life of prayer is a must. Cho's church are passionate about prayer that that they built um, something called a prayer mountain. It's known as the city of prayer with an auditorium that seats over 10,000 people. And with several other prayer chapels around it. On the side of the mountain, they built what they call prayer grottos. So, right, Santa's not there or anything like that. It's just a bit <laughs> um, and they're dug into the side of the hill and are used for personal times of prayer. Cho explains how thousands of Christians, Korean Christians, wait here to pray for the flood of prayer requests that come from their New York office. They're translated into Korean and sent to Prayer Mountain. Experienced prayer warriors are assigned to each request and they fast and pray until the Holy Spirit tells them prayer, the prayer has been answered. I mean, wow. That, you know, I, I don't know about you, but that's the prayer life that I want. That's, you know, I don't know where any mountains we can find, but that's definitely the prayer life, and that's, a definite, you know, that's definitely the, the power of prayer. 
feel that as we begin to pray as a church, with power we'll see, um, we'll start to see um, heads turned. Our church is no different to any of the other churches that see revival. We're no different to it. No, we're no different at all. So let me encourage you with a story about a guy called Charles Finney. He was a famous Presbyterian minister in America during the 1800s. He was a powerful preacher and an evangelist. During the Second Great Awakening in America, there were several reports of Charles Finney's train passing by and the Holy Spirit falling on the sinners in the community. Many uh, men in the cocktail bars fell on their knees under the conviction of the Holy Spirit and, uh, and asked Jesus Christ to save them. Finney rarely, rarely shared this, the key to his power. However, a reporter decided to spy on him. The newspaper man finally realised that the source of Finney's pr- power was the hours he spent in prayer. Can you imagine like a, I don't know, a GNER train coming from London to Doncaster and coming over that bridge and all of a sudden just, you know, grown men falling down on in tears and just, you know, people just falling down and just giving their lives up to God. I mean, I can't, I, I can't imagine it. It'd, just be a bit, bit, oh, it'd, be, it'd be amazing to see. It definitely would. Um, in order to see the power of God in our lives, we need extreme dedication. We need a lot of discipline. We need to prioritise our time. How many of us, me included, I felt an urge to pray and then spend, spend some quality time with God and then thought, oh, um, flash forward's on in a couple of minutes, isn't it? And, or, oh, Top Gear's on tonight, isn't it? You know, or we just want to sit back on the sofa and enjoy a nice cold beer. Well, for us blokes anyway. Um, well, there might be ladies that like a cold beer as well, but you never know. <clears throat> there are lots of things that will try, oc- try and occupy our time and prevent us from spending the time necessary for developing power in prayer. I need a drink. I believe that we, 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 that we too can see the power if we commit our, ourselves to prayer. The more and more we dedicate, excuse me, we dedicate our lives to prayer, the more and more the Spirit works through us. We need to be so reliant on the Spirit of God in our lives it's not through our strength, but by the Spirit of God that great things are accomplished. All this does not come easy. It comes with a price. We need to be devoting more and more of our time to prayer in order to see the power of God at work. Believe me when, I'm, when I say I'm speaking, I'm speaking to myself here. I'm not standing in front of you perfect. Far from it. It's amazing how lazy you can get after being out of work for so many months. I don't know about you, but I, I don't give half as much time as I should do to prayer. Let's start the, to battle in prayer. Let's eagerly seek God in our personal times with God. Let's devote ourselves to prayer, to our prayer meetings, and let's ask the Holy Spirit to give us that desire and that passion to pray powerful prayers. Next point is prayer enables us to overcome Satan. We are living in an age where Satan is out to rob and destroy. Without, without, without a dependency on the power of prayer, we are not able to break Satan's power. Satan hates it when more and more people experience the power of prayer, and so will do anything he can to stop it. So as we begin a life of prayer, be prepared for opposition. 
This can be as simple as feeling tired in the morning when you want to get, you know, get out of bed to spend some time with God. Satan is out to destroy the good work we do for God. Yet through persistence in prayer, we are able to, to have complete victory. Satan is a liar and he's the father of lies. But Jesus has given us authority over Satan and we, as we learn to pray. Because of the death and the resurrection of Jesus Christ, we also have been given authority over Satan and his works. Therefore, we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. Prayer opens the doors, opens the door for the Holy Spirit. The more we pray, the more we get to know the Holy Spirit, and the more we become, the more we're aware of him moving in our lives. We become aware of his spirit as we enter into a life of prayer. If we want an intimate relationship, the more we get to know the Holy Spirit and the more we become aware of Him moving in our lives, we become aware of His Spirit as we enter into a life of prayer. If we want an intimate relationship with the Holy Spirit, we need to pray. When we become a Christian, one of the next steps is to be filled with the Spirit and experience the Holy Spirit as a personality. Getting to know the Spirit requires spending time with Him. The more we spend time with God, the more the Spirit talks to us. If we get into a habit of praying to God to fill us with the Spirit, we find the strength to get through all the challenges that we face in our day-to-day lives. Being filled with the Spirit and, clothe- and clothing ourselves in this spiritual armour is essential. Before soldiers went out into armour, into battle, they didn't go out with any armour on, did they? It would be pretty stupid if they did. In the same way, you know, if a fireman goes out without his protective clothing on. Calm down. I saw your eyes. If he goes out with his protective clothing on, then, uh, you know, they're soon going to come into trouble, aren't they? As we meditate in prayer, it helps us develop spiritual gifts God gives to us. Whatever God has given us, uh, whatever, sorry, whatever God has gifted us in, it will only grow and develop through prayer and meditation. As we pray, as we pray more, we get closer to God and learn to discern His voice better and clearer. Prayer helps tune our spiritual ears up to God and helps us be more spiritually sensitive. It says in Romans 10 verse 17, So faith comes from hearing, and hearing through the word of Christ. God increases our faith as we develop our hearing of spiritual sensitivity. Our spiritual sensitivity comes by prayerfully studying God's word. So we can pray bold and powerful prayers and have faith that God is listening and will surely answer us. Right, I want to do something completely different here. I know that uh, with, with most children and, and adults and other people, that are, you know, our intention span only lasts for about 20 minutes. So what I want is every single person here, I want you to go and find a different spot and sit in a different spot. The last area of powerful prayer I want to look at is about how should we pray. Pray We need to pray corporately and individually. Matthew 18 verses 19 to 20 tells us, Again I say to you, if two of you agree on earth about anything they they ask, it will be done for them by my Father in heaven. For where two or three are gathered in my name, there there am I among them. We have talked about the power of prayer on our own individually. But equally important is, the, is praying corporately as a church. 
There's power in prayer and in praying and agreeing together. Pray confidently and fervently. We need to be praying. Sorry, we need to pray believing that prayer unlocks power. We need to believe that. We need to you know, be praying that prayer unlocks power. Hebrews, verse, uh, Hebrews 4 verse 16 says, Let us then with confidence draw near to the throne of grace, that we may receive mercy and find grace to help him in our time of, in, in our time of need. I love it in the message. It says, let's walk right up to him and get what he is ready to give us. Take the mercy, accept the help. If you can picture you're in a bar or a pub one night and it's absolutely heaving. And all you want is a pint, you know, but it's about, you want one, but another, so do another 20 others that are with you. And it's absolutely heaving, really noisy. You're not going to go, Dava, excuse me, have a pint. You know, you're going to shout up and you're going to wave your, your £10 note and saying, oi, I want a pint. Um, so that's, you know, for us, it's, you know, we're to boldly approach, uh, come and uh, approach God boldly. If you're passionate about getting something, you have to go out of your way to do it. And that's how God wants us to be when we pray to him. We're to pray confidently knowing that our God is a good and loving God. So I've got my glamorous assistant. Can you come in there? Um, this is a parable that Jesus tells about a widow and it's found in Luke 18 verses 2 to 5. Jesus told them a story showing that it was necessary for them to pray consistently and never quit. He said, there was once a judge in some city who never gave God a thought and cared nothing for people. A widow in that city kept after him. My rights are being violated. Protect me, she said. He never gave her the time of day. But after this went on and on, he said to himself, I care nothing what God thinks, even less what people think. But because this widow won't quit badgering me, I'd better do something and see that she gets justice. Otherwise, I'm going to end up beaten black and blue by her pounding. Then the master said, Do you hear what that judge corrupt as he is is saying? So what makes you think God won't step in and work justice for his chosen people who continue to cry out for help? Won't he stick up for them? I assure you he will. He will not drag his feet. But how much of that kind of persistent faith will the Son of Man find on the earth when he returns? Now, nowadays, widowhood is not usually as desperate as it was in the Middle East in t- 2,000 years ago. In our culture, widows can be wealthy, they can hold position of influence. Many widows face financial problems, but they are at least allowed to work and study and own their own property. When Jesus told this story, it was quite, di- quite a different picture. Widows generally had no education, they were unemployed, they had no money and no property, nothing. If they had relatives, they could possibly survive. If, they, if, they, if not, they would become beggars and would be seen as a social outcast. In the case of the widow, and in this case, the widow had an adversary that was harassing her and she had no one she could turn to. No organisation to help her. The only chance that she had was to go to a local judge. We are told in the passage that that he neither feared God nor man, this judge. He made his own decisions, he made made his own justice. Basically he did what he wanted. He didn't care how his verdict affected the people in the courtroom. He therefore did what you would expect and he laughed in her face and threw her out of court. Jesus shows shows us this in comparison to God's approach. He argues that surely 
God will bring justice for his chosen ones. The widow was poor, powerless, forgotten and abandoned and had no relationships with the judge. As Christians we are not abandoned, we are adopted into God's family. We are one of his children and we are truly loved by him. So, so we don't have to approach him carefully trying to get his attention. We can come to him confidently that he has got all the time in the world for us. Also, our God is, no, is nothing like this judge. The judge was crooked, uncaring and unfair. In comparison, we have a God who is righteous and just and holy and, lo- and loving and responds when we talk to him. We, have, we serve a God that, has, that he's, has lavished his grace upon us and pours out, his bl- pours out blessing after blessing on his children. As a father, I love to buy gifts for, some, for my kids and do surprises for them from time to time. I love it when I come to the door and both the kids, both Alfie and Naomi, come running at me saying, Daddy, Daddy, and you know, expecting a, a big hug. And I give them that big hug. Expecting God is the same and he's a thousand times better. God knows the best. God knows what is best for us. Just like I, I know what's the best for Alfie. At times, if we go into Sainsbury's, you know, we'll go in, um, go into Sainsbury's, in through the doors, and we'll pass the, the cigarette kiosk. It's okay, you won't ask for 20 Mayfair or anything like that. Um, but it'll carry on past, and just as you come past the cigarette kiosks, there's a row of magazines. Oh, I reckon they place those in the right place, at the, you know, just for the, the sort of parents of kids. And you can guarantee what he says, you know, it's, Daddy, Daddy, can I have a magazine, Daddy? Um, and, you know, depending on if he's had one or not, you know, I might say to him, um, no, you've had a magazine only yesterday. And, uh, you know, he might not like that, you know, mainly, be- mainly because he's had that one yesterday and he still hasn't read it. All he's done is taken the toy off the front. Um, but also, there are also times when I can say to him, yeah, of course you can. And uh, seeing his, light, his face light up is brilliant, you know. The only annoying bit is all the way around the store in the trolley, he's sitting there going, thank you, Daddy. I like this. It's a lovely treat, Daddy. Thank you, Daddy. It's a lovely treat, Daddy. And then we get to the phone and I'll, thank you, Daddy. It's a lovely treat, Daddy. And we're like, yeah, okay. All right. It's done. <laughs> it gets a bit tiresome after a while. But as a parent, I love giving him good presents because I love him. If we could put this, uh, that picture up, I mean, is that right? That's Alfie on his second birthday. That's an, an, and that's Anna in her dressing gown. <laughs> and I think there might be Naomi there. Um, essentially, it's the same for us. You can turn the lights back on. Now. I can't see what I'm doing. Except our Father in Heaven is way better than any earthly father. He knows what's best for us, and he loves to give us good things. God always hears our prayers. He may not answer them straight away, he answers our prayers in his perfect timing. If I say no to Alfie when he asks for a magazine, initially he, you know, he's not happy and becomes complacent. He becomes a bit moody or has, has a strop. Does that sound familiar? Deep down, he knows that I, I know the best for him. The question is, when God says yes, do we acknowledge what he's, you know, that he's been faithful to us? Or are we filled with, are we filled with joy and praise for what he's just, you know, for, for that, for, um, or do we just take him for granted and not realise that he's answered our prayers? Our Heavenly Father knows the best for our lives and he loves to pour out his gifts on us. He's just happy to hear our voice 
and really, and, and I really believe that here for someone today, you really do as I was preparing this. Um, like in the story of the prodigal son, when the son squanders his part of the, you know, he asks for his money, he's part of the estate, and he squanders that. And he, he finally comes to his senses, remembering his father. In humility, he recognises his foolishness and returns and asks for forgiveness and mercy. Now the father could have responded much differently to what we see in scripture. He could have disowned his son because of what he'd done. Instead, his son with open arms, he goes to his son, he welcomes his son with open arms and throws the biggest party ever. I feel that somebody here today feels that they cannot come to God because of things of the past, things that they've gone through. Whatever it is, God will want you to know that he is waiting to hear from you this morning. And he, and he is ready to welcome you with open arms. Pray with persistent, persistence and thanksgiving. 1 Thessalonians 5, verses 16 to 18 says, Rejoice always, pray without ceasing, give thanks in all circumstances, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. Paul tells us to pray without ceasing, giving thanks in all circumstances. And when I say all circumstances, not just the ones we're happy, that we're happy with and that we're comfortable with, it's all circumstances. Often, God has put us through testing times to test how serious we are, how strong our faith in him is. Pray with authority to overcome Satan. John 16, verses 20, verse 24 says, until, you, until, you have asked no, no, sorry, until now you have asked nothing in my name, Ask and you will receive, that your joy may be full. Satan hates the, power, the prayer, prayers of, of, of God's people more than anything else. Christ has won all the authority in heaven and on earth. We are therefore commanded to go into all the world and, dis, and disciple nations to the kingdom of God. As we learn to pray in the spirit, realising we have been given the authority, we are able to bind the forces of Satan in people communities and even nations. Prayer is powerful and as a Christian it is essential that we live our lives soaked in the, in the Holy Spirit led power, led prayer, sorry. Let me just repeat that. Prayer is powerful and as a Christian it is essential that we live lives soaked in the Holy Spirit led prayer. So in conclusion, it's so important for us to, under, to know and understand the importance of prayer. If we want to see Doncaster changed and lives saved, we need to learn to pray in power. But to do this, we, may ha- we must have a desire to pray. We can think, we can read and receive teaching about prayer, and then quite, quite simply just not pray in power. I want to encourage you this morning that, that there, is a, there is power in prayer. Now is the time to humble and surrender ourselves to God, and learn how to use spiritual authority in our prayers and defeat the work of the devil. I want to encourage. Sorry, I don't want to encourage you again. I've done that bit. As Christians, we can often try and do things in our own strength, thinking we can we can do do this ourselves. We don't need God's help. More often than not, we find we find that we end up falling flat on our face. We need to realise the importance of total and complete dependence on the Lord. If this is something new to you. And we'd love, no, then we'd love to pray for you this morning. That the Holy Spirit make his presence real to you and that he would give you an under, a new understanding of his word and lead you in, in how to pray. 
Do you believe that lots of prayer equals lots of power? I believe it does. And I believe that God runs his church through praying people. So this morning I just want to, I just want to challenge, us, challenge us. What is your attitude to prayer? Do we believe it can make a difference? How can we apply what we've learned this morning to our daily lives? Most importantly, we need to plan in, plan in that prayer. We need to plan it. We have a privilege of being able to talk to, the, to God as Father. He's always accessible. He's just waiting for us. So let's be confident and specific in our prayers. Let's pray fervently and powerful prayers. Let's demonstrate to God that, what we, that we mean business and pray with perseverance. Let's prioritise our prayer meetings. If you're married, reg- regularly pray with each other. If you're not, then can I suggest the prayer partner? Set aside key times of just you and God. Prioritise time to praying in small groups. And finally, and importantly, let's cor- finally, corporately as a church, let us commit to praying powerful prayers for the city of Doncaster and see lives changed and God's kingdom advanced. We hope you enjoyed this podcast. Don't forget to visit gatewaychurchdoncaster.org.uk 